Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The detective can come in various guises, from super sleuths to against-the-rules crime chasers to wise-cracking private dicks. The detective, in whatever shape or form, can be exciting and enthralling to watch, listen to, and read. Here's our very own special dick. It's Neil with 10 fascinating fictional detective facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So the word detective for a crime solver was first used in 1843. Uh, I, I ate in the bathroom. I had some mints. The first known use of the phrase detective story was used in 1883 in the title of a crime story by the American author Anna Catherine Green. Go ahead. Make my day. The first literary detective was probably C. Auguste Dupin in Edgar Allan Poe's 1841 short story, Murders in the Rue Morgue. Wilkie Collins' The Woman in White, 1859, was the first full-length detective novel. It's Basil Brush, I said. Boom, boom. <laughs> One of the great mysteries of the crime novel is the identity of the author of the Notting Hill mystery, which is still not known for sure. Well, then Hastings, the rules are wrong. Conan Doyle is said to have modelled Sherlock Holmes on Scottish surgeon and lecturer Joseph Bell, who was the pioneer in forensic science. We think we know how he did it. Oh, how he couldn't have done it. He hasn't been in for weeks. Despite the title of the TV series, Inspector Morse, he was a chief inspector in all of the books. Mom, will you read me a story before I go to bed? Agatha Christie is the world's best-selling fiction writer, according to the Guinness Book of Records. Her 70-some-odd crime novels and short story collections have sold an estimated 2 billion copies, although some estimates peg it up at 4 billion. You know, there's only one thing that I'm not clear about. And the first detective film is often cited as Sherlock Holmes Baffled, a very short mutoscope reel created between 1900 and 1903 by Arthur Marvin. That is correct, yes. Chimpanzee Munki. 
and one of the first American TV detective shows, Martin Kane Private Eye, was sponsored by the United States Tobacco Company. It aired as a radio show and at the same time as a television series starting in 1949. It is, it is considered one of the earliest successful cops and robbers show. Elementary, my dear Watson. Is that it? That is. Wonderfully done, Neil. Sorry, I nearly lost it because a couple of the uh, little clips there, I think, threw me and threw <laughs> you a little bit as well. But uh, It did. But here we are, top 10 fictional detectives, and there's no one better. I mean, she's the CC that gives us all motors. No, that's not, oh, I, I thought I worked out. <laughs> CC that gives us motors? What the, is the, that all? I, well, I had it all, I was going to write it down, and I thought, no, I'm going to be smooth about it. <laughs> CC, Never works. Motors. No, that that motors that sends our motors running. Ah, bollocks. I really had it all. I thought I had it. It's Claire Carter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Next time, just go with C squared and, and, that, and let squared. that be it. Yeah. But I was that trying was to be like hilarious. a real like a, a real compliment that she's the CC that gets our motors running. That's what she was gonna go. do. <laughs> See? That's better. CC motors. My, my limited motors. knowledge. So, yeah, That's my, my limited business. knowledge of engines. There are CCs <laughs> in engines, aren't there? Yeah, you, yeah. It would have worked if I hadn't yeah, butchered it the way that I did. But hello, Claire, how are you? That's the best introduction I've ever had in my life, honestly. <laughs> really and if you was. come back again, it'll be better next time. <laughs> oh, God. I was... missed you guys. Oh, how are you? We missed you too. Oh, we missed you too. <laughs> I think the last, time, oh, the last time we spoke was January for the... Um, your 24 hour 24 hour thing we had a bit of a party didn't we that was that was fun that was amazing how did you actually honestly how did you feel after it i felt fine it was strange i I was buzzing especially for the fact that i think the last hour i was i was just gorging on fish and chips that the local fish and chippy sent up for me for free oh i was loving it i was absolutely loving it and i think it was the following day that i felt really really i was like buzzing it was it was i was surprised i managed to get through so I hate to say easily because I'm going to have a go at doing it again in January. So I don't want to tempt fate and think, well, that one was easy. So this one's going to be even easier. But it was, and I think it helped. And I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's backside, but everybody that came on while it, to, to help me really helped me. I think that yeah, was the yeah, thing. Yeah. To have people to yeah. chat to every hour to talk about something different. You know, there were times when I was, the thing is doing interviews and podcasts with Neil it's always great because you have a little bit of time to think of another question because the other person is talking. You yeah. know, yeah. when you're yeah. on your own, you've got to listen all the time. And that's yeah. really boring that you've got to listen all the time. <laughs> also, but then but then imagine not only have you got to listen all the time, but imagine then if they're a bad talker. And that that's, is just yeah. it's the worst. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Just giving one word answers, monotone. Oh, my word. Kill me when those interviews come up. I mean, you, I mean, you're 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 an old pro, aren't you? I mean, again, that sounds terrible to say that to a, a young lady. <laughs> well, it's 16 years in the BBC wow. now, which is absolutely oh. terrifying. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I say. So, and I've got I've got the bags to prove it now as well. So, um, so I know you wouldn't say who your worst interview has been, but who's your worst interview ever been with? Has it been with anyone really, really famous? Have you ever had really, oh, yeah. really famous ones that have gone gone oh, bad? Oh gosh, yeah, God, yeah. And I think also there are ones where you walk away actually feeling deflated. There've been a number of celebrities where I've I've kind of I've stood on the wings, going, 
I can't believe I'm about to interview them. This is amazing. And then I've sat down in front of them and I've walked away and just thought, oh, really? is that it? And probably people that I know nationally here, everybody loves and adores. And I don't know, I, after a while, actually, just sort of get over that and realise that not everybody is going to be the hero in the most amazing interview of your life. And then, yeah, I've just I've met absolute pillocks who are misogynistic, I can't say it. I can't say no. it. No, no, of course you can't. <laughs> to be fair, Neil, Neil's got a yeah. lot better now. Neil is a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I try to be, you know. Well, I'm glad my feedback <laughs> to the podcast works. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can remember I used to work in a clothes shop in, in town, the very first job I ever had, and they used to get royalty and famous people coming in. And I all, I remember saying to the boss, what happens if, like, princess anne comes in what or anybody what you know because obviously they all live locally what happens if prince charles comes in and he said just remember they all leave smells in the toilet the same as everybody <laughs> lovely <laughs> and they every time i saw and like on the tv all i could think of was the smell that she left in the toilet and i thought that's yeah. a really bad thing to do yeah uh, and then when she came in did you ask her about it <laughs> i absolutely did no, i didn't I just had a quick sniff and uh yeah. which air freshener do you use yeah exactly claire have you ever had somebody that's been downright rude though when you've interviewed them rather than um, just hard work do you know actually it's normally the public who are the oh, rudest right. um mm. if i'm completely honest i actually remember being at gloucester rugby years ago when i used to be the one going around at the end of the game going can you just tell me what you thought of the match and then all the box pops as they're known and then they go into the match day show and i remember i stopped one chat and he i just said oh, i just wanted to ask you a few questions i'm with the local bbc and um he stood back he looked me up and down and he went you work for the bbc Oh, and then just turned around and walked off. Oh my god, well, that's just, not nice. So, no. yeah, so um, unfortunately, probably the rudest people, and that's that's mainly because you know famous people. You could you know probably give them a bit of a bad rep, couldn't you, if you wanted to be mm. mean? Um, but no, there is that you can meet some nasty public people. If I'm oh, honest, I yeah. But then lovely people as well. The loveliness outweighs the negative. Yeah, I think in all the years that we've been doing it, Neil, we've been very very lucky that we've. I think. Kevin Godley from 10cc was the only one that was a little bit snooty but that was because really? that was well that was because Neil asked him about I'm not in love I didn't realize he wasn't involved song, in the writing and, and Kevin Godley <laughs> went I never wrote that one and then it was a little bit frosty after that excellent so that was That's quite I a good soundbite though yeah I could it sort is. of understand him being a little bit peeved at that yeah but the how was I to know when his well, name's I mean, on pretty much like Google, Neil, you could have... Well, yeah, but it's like we said, we used to go in blind and I thought he was part of it, part of that, right? Did you know he didn't write that? I did, actually. I kept myself very quiet just so that you could... Uh, yeah, yeah. He set, he set you up. He I set you up. Know, of course, well, that's good, you guys. People shouldn't be rude to you. If they are, you tell me and I'll phone them. Absolutely. Right, we'll okay. remember that now. <laughs> You'll be getting a load of yeah. Okay, <coughs> got rid of this, get rid of this cough. Right, fictional detectives, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to count down our top 10 fictional detectives. Um, how easy or hard was this top 10 for you, Claire? We'll start with you. I found it really easy, but then don't be thinking mine are going to raise the kind of the intellectual roof on this one. I'm not even entirely sure all of them are detectives, if I'm honest. That's so fine. This but, podcast what, is not about intellectual. I can't even say the word. <laughs> so, I mean, my, mine was quite easy, but my reasons for loving them 
vary. However, what I will tease you is I have one that I'm hoping will blow your mind. Wow. Okay. So I'm just going to leave that there. But yeah, I'm going to this. What a tease that is. Okay, Neil, did you find it quite easy? Um... Not the hardest top 10 I've ever had to write, but I did struggle for a while what to put at number one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. What about I you? I changed it a few I, times. I kept, I, I had my top 10 pretty much set and then a couple just like dinked into my head and it just mm. completely mm. changed the whole sort of like, yeah. I thought, oh no, he's going to have to go there. So that means that one's going to have to go there. So I, yeah. I, Order was probably the thing I found the hardest. Yeah, that is yeah. the hardest thing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay then, Claire, kick us off with your number 10. <laughs> you may not even know who he is. Seely yeah. Booth. Seely Booth. Okay, so please explain. If anybody out there has ever seen the TV show Bones, pretty much all of mine are TV-based, by the way. Um, Bones was one of my favourite programmes years ago when it started. And Seely Booth plays the kind of detective FBI person, whatever, teams up with the lovely Emily Deschanel, who is Bones, who is a, oh, she's not an anthropologist, what are they called? She studies Bones, okay. whatever that's called. Um, and anyway, they're just this, they're this crime-fighting duo. Um, I think it ran for like 10 seasons. And it was just American drama at its best and worst. And Seely comes in for me at number 10, because he's absolutely beautiful. Is that the guy who played Angel? <laughs> yes. What's his? Um, I should David be more prepared Baran? for this. David Baranas. Baranas. Yeah. My he's wife just... loved that show. She oh had all of them on, on DVD. And Bones was just. It was really clever because then there was this will they won't they with Bones and Booth and um, yeah. So he's in at my number ten because he was just also dreamy and fired a gun and would keep you safe. <laughs> Yeah, she, I'm guessing. Wasn't she like? Wasn't she like always like? She's like just in a mood all the time, or just didn't. Seem no, to... she was very intelligent. So she seemed a bit weird in the way right. that she spoke and how she kind of gave out her emotions. But that's just because she was off the chart genius. But that's where they work so well because Booth kind of spoke to her emotional side, which she needed to learn to bring out. Okay. And it was that um, Zoe's sister. Yes, that, from it? New Girl. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've so, never watched uh, it. And I believe Stephen Fry was in it, wasn't he? Stephen Fry turned up uh, a number of times. And also the dude, Longbeard, from um, the band, I want to say ZZ Top. I don't think it is, you know, the musician. Anyway, the I would say probably the first three, four, five, you get up to about season six. And oh, there's some tense, scary moments. Um, it was a really well-written show because it was based on books. And mm. the author of the books had a hand into the TV show. So I would, if nobody's seen it and you want to binge a show, I'd highly recommend Bones. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Go on then, Neil, you're number 10. So it's uh, Morgan Freeman as Somerset in Seven. Um, took me a while to think of this one, because, uh, um, well, where to put him, but I have put him at number 10. But it, he's a character that I would have loved to have seen more of. When you see him in the movie... He's like your comfort, isn't he? He's the, he's the guy that you think is he's all right to be with. Um, but yeah, he's the guy that's seen it all and done it all. Done it the all. He's the weather career, isn't he? Weather detective. But I would have liked to. Or it's, it's certainly ripe to bring him back, um, whether it be a prequel, his earlier years, or even his later years. I just think he's a character that we could 
definitely see more of because I found him mesmerising in the role. Have you seen Seven, uh, Claire? I'm too much of a scaredy cat. I wouldn't even I'm say honest. it's a horror movie. It's sort of a bit of a psychological thriller, though, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm I, films and storylines, and they stick in my head. Like right. I will go to bed thinking about that film probably for a very, very long time. So I remember my sister seeing it, and she told me how amazing it was, but then also told me lots of stuff that you see, and and I was just like, oh, I don't know if that's yeah. The end of the story of it. Do you know what the what the story is and. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit like, oh. yeah. it's a great movie. It is an great absolutely movie. fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you could stomach it, I'd highly recommend watching it. Okay, all right. What's in the bags? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, that'll stay with you forever. That <laughs> oh, ending. absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, my number ten. I think you're you're too young for this, uh, Claire. This one, uh, it's Eddie Shoestring. <laughs> Uh, Christ, this is a blast from the past. That is a blast from the past. Sunday night, Eddie Shoestring, or Shoestring was the name of the show, Trevor Eve, who was a mm. private detective. <clears throat> I can't remember whereabouts. Oh my God, Jersey, Trevor Eve. No, not Jersey, that was Berger, wasn't it? That was Berger, yeah, Trevor Eve. Yeah, wasn't was he in Silent Witness? Yes, he was, yeah. Oh yeah, Trevor Eve's great. It's, yeah, and, and mm. Shoestring was one of those programmes when you were a kid, a bit like That's Life, that when it came to Sunday, <clears throat> you would keep asking your mum and dad questions so that they wouldn't say to you, right, time for bed, you've got school in the morning. And you knew as soon as the sh- if the show started, you were safe and you could watch the show. So Shoestring was one of those shows. <clears throat> the only one I can remember was it was a Christmas episode and it was a, it was, it was a, was it a racetrack, I think it was. It was a racetrack and it would overheat and then it would blow up. And Shoestring had to go around trying to find like these five racetracks that had been sold. And it was a race against time. He had to get, and this was doing this like Christmas Eve. And I can remember that there was, there was one left that he had to find. And this kid creep, crept down on Christmas Eve and opened up his presents and plugged it all in. And Shoestring, spoilers, Shoestring managed to get in there and turn the power off just before the boy was going to turn the... It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've never watched it back, so I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't hold up. But I mean, that was 70s, I think, wasn't it, Shoestring? It was, yeah, I mean, late, 70s, late 70s, maybe early 80s. Maybe. With, a great sang- with, a, with a great theme tune that I can't remember, but I just remember that it was like... Bow, bow, bow. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I did bow, that. Down, down, down. <laughs> 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 that sounded more like a, a porn film, didn't it? Mm. <laughs> so I've been told. Yeah, so I've been told. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Okay, then Claire, your number nine, please. My number nine is the wonderfully brilliant David Caruso in CSI Miami, and he played the crime scene investigator, investigator Horatio Kane. Now, for anybody that hasn't, I've only delved into the CSI World Miami version. And that was years ago when I used to live with uh, a good friend of mine called Matt. And he said, oh, you, you've got to watch CSI Miami because it's got Horatio in it. What? And there was this whole thing at the time of Horatio, the sunglasses and the one-liners. And again, you know, your normal American crime drama. But the great thing that, David did, and I don't mean any disrespect here, it wasn't like he was your Sealy Booth. He wasn't your kind of hunky detective. He was, it was almost like your Trevor Eve, um, gorgeous ginger hair, 
but he had these sunglasses that he would just put on and take off in such a fashion and then it would normally be followed by a one-liner so he'd be hovering over a body I remember this one episode he'd be hovering over a body and he looks up into the distance and you just hear one of his colleagues go we're gonna do a drive-by he goes drive by Miami style <laughs> and you just goes, and it's like I mean the whole thing is such cheese it's unreal but it worked because it was Miami and because it was sunshine and and but yeah David Cruz he played it really really well and you were just you were always rooting for Horatio and no other series to me gave you a Horatio like him so that's my number have nine. you watched any of the other CSIs because I, no, I never watched any of them I must admit no it was it was just that one because my housemate was into it. Right. Okay. Neil, have you? Uh, I did. I, I've watched a few of the um, Vegas ones, especially the one that Tarantino directed. The uh, I can't remember what it's called, where somebody's buried alive, and he directed two episodes, and I, I found that really tense, and I started watching it more. And I noticed it's back on CSI Vegas. It's just come back on Sky. All oh, right. So whoever the original William Peterson, I can't think what his name is in the show, is back. Oh, so everybody's oh. like crazy that the original guys come back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think so he I needed might... some money. <laughs> yeah. So I might sort of watch that and have a look. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a CSI. Okay. But I found them very... They're, they're another one of those TV series that have really famous guest appearances on. Yeah. And great see. theme tunes. And that was mm. the thing we loved about CSI Miami because it was another Who track. That was the And it, when yeah. that kicked in and yeah, it was yeah. epic. Yeah. Mm. Okay then, Neil, you're number nine. So this is a literary detective that I think is so ready to come up on the small screen or the big screen. It's Charlie Parker, John Connolly's um, hero or anti-hero. He basically is a private eye that delves... Let me give you a bit of pretext. In the first book, he lost his family to a serial killer, both his wife and child, and then became this private detective to try and help other people with things. And he, he delves into the darker side of the human nature uh, and quite it gets quite creepy and his books are fantastic. And he's very much a um, character that you can almost relate to because he has the same woes and worries that everybody else has. I mean, he's American-based, but you can, you know, he, he has everyday problems like we all do, but whilst also trying to combat these dark elements of crime and sort out these, well, be a detective. Um, but like I say, it's crying out for either a movie or a TV series. It's just written purely with that in mind to me, because you picture it as you read it. And I just love the character. I really do. What are the books called? What's, what's... So the first one that introduces you is Every Dead Thing. And then uh, they go from there. But that, if anybody wants to start, I would start on that book. Uh, I read it when I was going to America and I read the whole book on the flight over. It was that wow. good. Yeah. And then I thought, shit, I've only bought one book with me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I would, yeah, highly recommend it. If people like to read, get into it. Like I say, it, it is dark. Some of it is it can be a bit scary if you, you know, because he, he touches on things that make you uncomfortable, um, the, the subject matters, but they're done very well, very, very well. Um, not sort of, you know, they're not extreme. They're not sort of sensationalism. They're just really, really good, really good books. So Okay. okay. Um, All right. And that was Charlie Parker, you said. Was his yeah, name. he's the, uh, the anti-hero. Yeah. You know, he's not the sort of hero 
like somebody else I'll mention later on coming up where, you know, you know that if he's in a room with a load of guys, he's going to get a good beating. He's not going to beat them, you know. So he's that sort of character. He's an everyday guy. Okay. Mm. Thank you very much, Neil. Okay, my number nine, I'm staying in the 70s for some reason. Um they were he was my hero, one of my heroes in the 70s, but definitely a TV hero from Starsky and Hutch. It was Dave Starsky. I, th- I think everybody, every kid that was playing Starsky and Hutch in the 70s never wanted to be Hutch. They always wanted to be Starsky, mainly because he had that cool cardigan that yeah. my nan, my nan um knit <clears throat> me one of those cardigans but for some reason <laughs> she knitted me brown and white instead of white and brown which is what the real one was so i was a bit i was a bit i was like this isn't screen you accurate. still haven't got over it have you yeah it's, i was really this, you know come on this should be screen accurate maybe you um, should have sent her an actual picture and not the negative maybe that's what i should have done maybe i should have got her just to watch but maybe she, she watched it on a black and white tv yeah what it was <laughs> i don't know but he was the one for me i think it's the if anybody, have you seen Starsky and Hutch, Claire? You're a bit, you're a bit too young for that as well, aren't you? So I have seen some reruns, but I mean, the main one I know didn't Owen Wilson do the reboot film? That's right. Yeah, some yeah. Ben Stiller. With, um, yeah, yeah. Which it which that's wasn't. The, yeah, that's. It wasn't a patch on on. I mean, well, they made it. You can't remake comedy, that, can you? Yeah, yeah it was more yeah. than that night comedy, and it's it's definitely a, a TV show of the seventies without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, but he was just. He was just, he was, he was, he, it was the same as like um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Everybody wanted to be the Sundance Kid. They didn't want to be Butch Cassidy because he was boring. Well, Hutch was boring, even though he would jump on like car roofs just straight on his ass. How he did that, I'll never know. But Starsky was the man. Starsky was the one that always got the woman. Starsky was the man that, well, when I was a kid, had a hairy chest. I thought, what a man. Look at him with his hairy (laughs) chest. You know, and it was like when I got a hairy chest, I thought I'm never shaving that because I'm like Starsky now. <laughs> I got a hairy chest like Starsky, and he had a cool gun as well. So, what did more he do you own want? the car? Was that... Yeah, that was his car. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that the car red, was cool. Was it a Torino? I think Torino, it was. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, what a car! What a car! Okay, Claire, your number eight, please. My number eight. She's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss United States. The film, bringing you Sandra Bullock, I class her as a detective agent. I said mine are quite loosely based. Um, Gracie Lou Freebush, Miss Congeniality, because she is the one who believes in her cause and her case. And actually, I want to shout for the sequel here as well. So obviously she plays that FBI agent, whatever. I love Sandra Bullock. In my book, she can do no wrong. And those films have always made me laugh. I think some of them, but I think the second one got a bit of a bad rep. Um, but yeah, I just love them. So, and also I'm putting a female in there because going through actually the roles of detectives, yes, there are definitely some and there are more coming through now. And I've got, I may have a few more later, but um, I just wanted to put Sandra Bullock in there because I think she's great. It's nice to see her as a police officer, FBI agent, detective, whatever. Mm. I have to say, I've never seen either of those films. <laughs> <laughs> she's no, beauty and she's great <laughs> she's miss united states how have you not seen Miss? Well, i don't need to see it now you've pretty much done the movie for me there. <laughs> oh, isn't it william is shatner hilarious. in those movies william shatner's in them michael Caine's in them oh my god well, honestly i just regina king is in the second one there's a whole tina turner uh, you've got to watch them that's your okay. homework okay 
been a long time since I've seen them, but they were funny. I did find them funny. Yeah, and she's always the good one. though, isn't she? I, she is I would always. want it's probably the it's probably the Sandra Bullock or Cameron Diaz I'd want to play in a movie about my life. Okay. It would be very interesting, but you know. the big question I have now we, I went and saw is it the Lost City that Sandra yeah. Bullock was in? Oh, I heard that was dreadful. It's it's not it's not great, I must admit. But is it me or does Sandra Bullock now look like Michael Jackson? <laughs> I mean, Michael Jackson, like what he looked like in his later years. I just, I, I cannot get Michael Jackson's face out of my head when I see Sandra Bullock for some reason. Is this the plastic surgery that she's had has changed? Well, I don't, I know. No, I don't, I don't know whether she's had plastic surgery. And, oh, she has. They look of disdain on Claire's face. Well, so I went to see Top Gun today. Oh, did you? And the trailer before was the trailer for Bullet Train, which is mm. the new Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock film. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, Sandra Bullock looks a bit different. She looks like someone. And I haven't been able to put my finger on it. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> what have you done? No, she doesn't look like Michael Jackson. She just maybe... I don't know. She looks like Jack Michelson. Maybe it's the fact that I hadn't seen her for so long and then I saw her on a, like a, obviously like a Mm. cinema screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh my God. Well, actually, the first thing I thought was, hee hee. That was the first thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm not trying to be nasty. It's just, it made me, I genuinely sort of went, wow. Well, okay. Well, she kicks ass in Miss Congeniality. I'm going to so watch it. I will watch, watch it, it because, yeah, it's because I, you're not the only person I know that has said, when I was talking to somebody at work today and they mentioned Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality about detectives. So. And Shatner is really good, actually. He's okay. got some funny, ah, he's funny lines. He's always good, isn't he? He's always yeah. good. Uh, go on, you're number eight. So it's another literary detective, but he has made it onto the small screen, thanks to Prime TV, and it's Harry Bosch and oh. uh, Michael Connolly... Uh, books have you been watching them so that has always flashed up and i've i've never taken to it on the telly so is it good yeah it's, it, i mean the books are a lot better obviously but yeah it is very good and they've done it close he's a weathered um long in the tooth detective in um los angeles uh sees all the nights and is seems to always work at night yeah it's very good claire in answer to your question you solve some very good mysteries and uh, and but i would highly recommend reading the books first and then you get a taste but the guy i can't think of his name off the top of my head now that plays him in the tv series is is near enough what i was thinking he was like when i was picturing him as you read um but yeah it is good i would highly recommend watching it actually it is good but read the okay. books first read the books what there's a kind, lot of is them. it is it hard hitting like Bad language, that kind of stuff, or uh, is it... yeah, well, there is bad language in it, but I'm sure we're all used to that now and grown up and we can cope. And it is quite hard here. I mean, it's not as brutal as a lot of these TV series like The Boys or Game of Thrones and things like that. But yeah, it has moments in it. Um, T- Titus Welliver. That's him. It? Yeah. Great name. It is, isn't it? That, but yeah, he Hollywood just plays name, it so that, well because he's got to be that weather detective, you know, long in the tooth, seen it, done it, been there. He does it so well. He really does do it well. So highly recommend all of those books. Loads to choose from. He had a cameo as an Imperial officer in uh, Mandalorian season two. Oh, did he? He did. Yeah, he did. There you so go. I, I've never, I've and never, it I've... only took 
33 minutes for the first <laughs> Star Wars reference. That's quite impressive. It's only because I actually looked at on IMDb and thought I'd recognise him and he was the guy that I, you know, put two and two yeah. together and uh, equaled Star Wars, as it normally well, does. Give it a go, Claire. Have a watch yeah, or, okay. or read it. You know, they are good. They're good. They are good detective stories, you know. that you 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 work it out with him as you go along. Okay, lovely. Um, and Neil's showing how intellectual he is. Uh, yeah, with two literary. Well, are they all literary ones, Neil? Why do you yeah, have a big sign in your head obscure. that says "I read books"? Why don't you just have that or a T-shirt, maybe? No, I'm trying to get you to read more books, pal. It broadens no, your mind. There's no pictures. That's why in I there, said is there? I'm the one that's like she's blonde, dumb, and only watches TV. So yeah. you know. No, I can't do you, uh, Claire, Claire, I must ask, do you do you read? Yes, books? no, I do. I Good. do, but I will be really honest. So I do have a stack of books. I do read books. Um, but I don't tend to go for like the deep because I have to read the news every day and I have to mm. talk about the news and horrible stuff. So that's why actually sometimes I do quite like the escapism of just, you know, Julie Cooper or like whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but that's not to say I can't get into a good thriller, but it has to be brilliant. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm just trying TV. to get. Pav, yeah, I'm trying to get Pav to read more. I haven't got the time, Neil. I haven't got the time. If I, if you could just put an in, put a book in a chip and insert it in the back of my head, <laughs> fine. I'd love that. That'd be great. You and I go, go to bed. And you just listen. read War and Peace. Yeah. But you go to bed and listen to your carry on movies rather than just makes me go before you you put the carry on headphones on. Yeah. Have a read a couple of chapters, put it down, then put your carry on and go to sleep. My head would be too full of faff. I can't be doing (laughs) it. Anyway, my starting on the famous five books. There you are, you want detectives. My number eight, uh, another part of a, a part of another duo, but this from the 80s. This one, he's a lethal weapon. It's uh, Detective Martin Riggs, um, uh, Mel Gibson. I think I think Mel Gibson as an actor is fantastic. I know that there's a lot of he's got has a lot of baggage with him, but as an actor and a director, I think he's fantastic. But as Martin Riggs, especially in the first Lethal Weapon, is a, I mean I think the first one is a lot more hard hitting than the subsequent uh, subsequent sequels. But the scene where he's in his trailer with a loaded gun and the, and the picture of his, him and his wife and his wife has died and he loads the gun ready to like blow his brains out. It's just amazing acting. It absolutely is heartbreaking because you've got, I can't remember what's on some Christmas cartoon, I think on the, on the television while tears are streaming down his face. But as a, as a, as a performance, especially like I say, the first lethal weapon, there's a massive arc from the, from him being a a potential lethal weapon himself that can kill someone probably with his thumbs, um, but he's just on the edge and they don't know whether he's doing it because he just wants to be retired and get paid or whether he just wants to kill himself. Um, I think that's one of, that's one of my favourite movies of all time, the, the original Lethal Weapon, and he's a, he's a great detective he's he's the, one of those typical hero detectives maybe a little bit of an anti-hero in the first one because you don't quite know whether he's crazy or whether he's just trying trying it on but then you get the reason that he just he doesn't care and he's going to take down as many bad guys as he can if he gets killed while he's doing it he doesn't care because he's got nothing left to live for but uh 
that scene gets me every time because he's just it's so powerful. I mean, how they would film that, I don't know. But they just never seen it. Have you never seen it? It's not scary, Claire. <laughs> it's, it's not scary. I mean, it's it's a very again, it's a very eighties yeah. movie, but it's that one particular scene just shows you just what kind of an actor Mel Gibson mm. is. And like I say, he's got a lot of baggage that goes with him from his yeah, but who hasn't? Oh yeah, from his off-screen things. But I think he's he's got one of the the, like the deepest, graveliest voices now. And it's um, you ever have you ever seen his Father Christmas movie? No. It's a movie called Fat Man. It is fantastic. It's where Father Christmas is like a real person that lives up up north, um, but does contracts for the government and things. It's just, it is mental. That's amazing. It's a crazy movie. It really is. Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend anybody to watch that. It's not your usual, you know, it's not like Elf. It's not your usual Christmas movie. But he is, again, Mel Gibson is, have you seen it, Neil? No, I haven't. I must have you not? It, you got you got to watch it. It's so yeah. much it's Christmas. Yeah, it's, yeah. Would you class so. Lethal Weapon as a Christmas movie? Because it's based at Christmas, like Die Hard. If Die Hard is Lethal Weapon, is yeah. There we are. Yeah, you got. There's your homework, Claire. Lethal okay. Weapon. Okay. Uh, number seven, but, then, please, Claire. <laughs> number seven is the absolutely fantastic. I think probably will go down as one of my top ten all-time favorite films. Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> That's the to say about this. <laughs> Do you hate it? Do you hate it? No, I, I'm with you, Claire. I find it funny. Me and my wife Ace left Ventura. the cinema after about 45 minutes. <laughs> we could not hack it. I don't get me wrong. I think Jim Carrey is obviously very marmite, but I I do think he has done some standout films. And mm. Ace Ventura for me is a cult classic. Mm. Um, saw it when I was younger with my sister. I think we were having a sleepover with maybe some other girls, but just hilarious. I was actually probably too young to maybe even understand some of the jokes when I first saw it. Um, but it's a timeless classic, and it's one of those films I still could probably recite half the script. You know, I'll say one thing to my sister. Every time I'm in the car with my sister and we park up, we will both say, like a glove. <laughs> and there will just be lines that come out even now, mm. decades after we first saw it. Um, and I, I do think only Jim Carrey could have played that role. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The sequel, my producer actually at work loves the sequel and almost quotes more from the sequel I mean never will you probably see a grown man coming out of the arse for Rhino but um, there's I, a sentence for I me, never thought I'd hear Claire Carter say yeah I know right <laughs> um, but I yeah the, the, the first one for me I just yeah I think it's a cult classic and always will be always yeah I, I think it's funny but perhaps not a fan it was just it, it got to the point where my wife both we both looked at each other and went is he going to be like this all the way through the film? Oh, yeah, it's Jim Carrey. Mm. I know. And it just, and we just thought we can't do it. And we weren't the only ones that left. We, we, there, there were other people that left as well. And it was the whole, I, I, I use like a glove and sometimes I'll go, all righty then and stuff. And I'd hate the film. So it's, yeah, so it gets you. It does get into the, the psyche yeah. of like normal everyday conversation. But, but I still, I, there are some of his movies. Liar, Liar, I think is fantastic. Mm. I love that movie. There's a couple of his movies that I think. The Mask. I also have a, a slight fondness, and it grew on me. I had to watch it a couple of times for the Truman Show. Oh, yeah, I, I think, that, that that's a great I think that's a great film. But yeah. and all of those films could only have been Jim Carrey. Mm. Yeah, but that's the thing. That there's no 
mug into the camera with that. And like the mask, mm. there's a reason. Like there's a reason that he like when he's not the mask, he's not doing all weird stuff with his face. But when he is the mask, that's great because there's a reason for it. But with Ace Ventura, he's doing all this stuff, and there's no reason for it. Ace is a pet detective. <laughs> yeah, he's eccentric. Come to me, my Dumb is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Is Dumb and Dumber? I think that's great. I don't know. It was just something about that. But that's, it's your your choice. Yeah. And he's actually probably my only first proper detective that I've got on the list so far. So, you know, don't take it away from me. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number seven. So it's Inspector Clouseau. It is Peter Sellers. Um, I watched The Pink Panther recently, which is probably not the best one to watch for him being in it. But I wanted to reintroduce myself to those because I have not seen them for such a long time. And they really do hold up. But he is so funny in that role. And I mean, just going back with all the bits with Cato and everything like that when he when they're fighting, just pure, pure hilarious and great comedy acting and physical comedy acting as well. And we forget how great Peter Sellers was. I know he we speak of troubled people. Well, there you go. There's a prime example of somebody who was troubled in real life. But um, they're just so funny, so funny. And uh, I can't wait to make my kids watch them now. Mm. <laughs> Less said about the Steve Martin version, the better. We don't. There wasn't a remake. No, there wasn't. Because you just forget things like that ever happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame. But yeah, Peter Sellers is Inspector Clue, so nobody else could do it. Not as well as he did. And I take it you're both fans. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. Mm. Yeah, but not to the point where it made my list. So no. But yeah, proper comedy. Proper. That's what I call proper comedy. It <laughs> Physical and setups, you know, it's just fantastic. Fantastic. And I still, every time I see it, is the bit in the Pink Panther where he's in the um, library with the globe drinks thing and he puts his hand on it when he spun it. Oh, it's just pure, pure comedy <laughs> genius. It goes down. They're so, they're so brilliantly done. The, the one mm. where he's got his assistant and he's on like the rocking chair thing. <laughs> and, it, and as he falls back, he grabs the man's tie and it makes the man bang his head on the desk. Is <laughs> is some fantastic, just yeah, it's such fantastic great comedy. physical comedy. Really good, really good. Wonderful. That's a good one, Neil. Uh, mine number seven, I don't know, has any of you seen Murder in Successville? No. no. No, this is uh, our friend Neil Tom Davis. Yeah, um, and little name drop there. Let me just name pick drop that there. Up the floor. Uh, Di Sleet. Uh, so I've got him at number seven now. Murder in Successville was. I didn't even realise that it was a show until my wife said, "Have you seen this Murder in Successville?" The idea of the show is it's a scripted show, but they have a celebrity guest that comes in, doesn't know anything about the case. And they have to then go along with the script and try and work out who the killer is. And it's a it's a comedy. Um, Tom Davis plays D.I. Sleet, and it's it's in this celebrity town. So they have people that are doing impersonations, like the chief inspector is a guy doing an impersonation of Gordon Ramsay. And they will have they will go and check out that Daniel Radcliffe will be a suspect and um Lily Allen will be a subject and they'll have actors playing them and it's all they all of their parts have all been scripted but then this particular like it'll be Chris Kamara might go in there or it'll be one of the guys from Made in Chelsea and it is hilarious some of the stuff that comes out and it is hilarious enough that even like like Tom Davis will break and you can tell that 
like he is he is trying to get the people to break there'll be certain scenes it is really good they've just done a remake in america called murderville i think it's called with will arnett playing the tom davis part um not quite as good it just looked a little bit more forced than the Tom what was Davis. it called murder in successville it's called i think there were okay. three seasons of it and it's on it's either on iplayer or it's on netflix i can't remember which one it's on but i would thoroughly recommend it if you, so like. you say celebrities and then you band out the made in chelsea it surely it's better celebrities than well not not necessarily i mean you've got one oh, of right. the dragons from dragon's den um well, that's better than me. So just, Chelsea. Just well-known people. Well-known people. Yeah, people yeah. that aren't just people off the street, but yeah. they're not. Whereas, you know, the American one has got like Kumal Nanjani, um, Sharon Stone. You know, they, Will Arnett knows obviously big people, so he's managed to get big people to come in and, and be the guests and stuff. So it's, like I say, I find it like hilarious. I thought, oh my God, why have I not seen this before? It is... It is like a real gumshoe kind of thing with like Tom Davis doing a voiceover, talking about the case, and you know all the people that are doing the impersonations are really good. The guy doing the the Gordon Ramsay, you close your eyes and it sounds just like Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. It's a proper, you know, a proper impersonation, but I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, right then, Claire, your number six, please. I'm going to go with family favorite Vera. Oh, Vera. Vera, yes. Vera, for me, is one of those shows. I mean, firstly, I think Brenda Blessing is amazing. And I just love her style as well, driving around in her little Defender. Um, But Vera, I remember the first time I watched Vera. And actually, when I say it wasn't, because I I think this series has been going a really long time um, on the telly. But I was in Ireland with my sister on holiday in 20... 18 gosh 19 it was around then anyway and um it was one of those you know tv in the hotel that you think i should have bought my fire stick totally forgot it what channels are we dealing with what kind of freebie or whatever um and i remember we'd been out having a meal we'd had a few drinks and we got any you know we just think oh, i wish a good movie would come on one of the mm. terrestrial channels no movies on but there was this episode of era and I said to my sister, oh, we've missed about the first 10 minutes. I don't know what this is. I've never seen it before. Oh, my God, we were hooked from, like, the word go. And it was lovely that we didn't know what series it was, how long it had been going on. You know, we didn't know the backstory of any of the characters, but we just instantly fell in love with it. And I, I don't know, it's, it, it was kind of the warm detective for me. And I just mm. think you stop anybody on the street and probably, you know, 50% of them, if not more, you say Vera. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I love Vera. <laughs> it's a good shout to the North and... Yeah, I love it. I think it's really nice. Unless it's that bloke from the rugby, he'll look you up and down and go, you like Vera? You like Vera? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an arse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Vera, Vera does it for me. Yeah, um, see, my wife, things like Bones, Vera, any of these crime things, she'll, she laps them up and I'll, I'll come in and, which one are you watching now? Which, oh, this is Vera. I think, oh. And aren't they a little bit interchangeable? I I. I can't be doing with any of them because it just seems to me it's it's just like it's like reading books it's just a waste of time because they're all just the <laughs> I same. think maybe I should do a podcast with your wife <laughs> yeah she'd have been perfect for this one she would have had a top 20 with her yeah. shows. so you she's never got like hooked up in the, the tv events of like uh, line of duty and things like that no <gasps> none of those things you haven't shirts. seen line of duty no any of those that's with our friend craig parkinson yeah 
Um, Even more reason to watch it. Yeah, any of those. um, Those are the things my wife laps up. She loves all of those. um, SWAT, all of the American ones, all the British ones. She loves SWAT. That's old David. What's his chops again, I think? Is that that SWAT? Yeah, the one from Bones. No, no, no. Oh, David Boreans. That's... um, Boreans. Oh, that's Seal. That's it. Yeah, she watches that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she should be here doing this one. I'm not going to do this one. But no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, I know what you mean. It's it's a bit of a... What's it? What was the... It's like... um, Oh, Christ. What was the Men in the Bath? Last of the summer wine kind of Men thing. Men in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they, they were well, they the always going down a hill. There's always a man in a bath. There always was. You can't like a Vera to last of the summer wine. Well, it is. She's sort of like cute and cuddly. and. Well, she's know. not a Nora Batty, surely. Well, no. no she's not going to be. Vera. Like... You don't can't get anything past Vera. Mm. You could if you run. I mean, to be That's fair. Me. She's That's not... me. No, but she's what? She's in a late 50s 60s that's why she's always driving around in a little Land Rover Defender oh, right. okay alright then they're obviously anyway. very successful these programs oh, no, I haven't that's, seen but Vera, that's the but... thing I think it's the same as when we talk about all these big like musical bands that I, I'm not in I'm the minority here they no. wouldn't keep making all these shows if they weren't successful so they're not worried about the fact that I don't like them it's all the millions that do so I, I know I know my place I don't have a shout out to a woman, can I just say? <laughs> exactly. Vera. Exactly. I mean, I was just looking up and down my top 10 and, oh dear, thank God you're <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number six. So it's uh, good old Idris Elba, Luther. I Luther. was late to this one. I was late getting to the party on this one. Yeah, Everybody told too. me how good it was. And then I thought, okay, let's do it. Let's binge it. And boy, did I binge. And I think I watched them all in about two nights. So, um, yeah, great stories. Ruth Wilson in it is fantastic, isn't she, as well? Ruth Um, Wilson's amazing in general, isn't she? Yeah, she's a great actress, isn't she? And I just really like Idris Elba as this character. He's gruff. He really doesn't give a shit, does he? He just doesn't care. And off he goes. And yeah, I think it's BBC at their finest with their writing and their drama. I've never seen it. You've never Claire. seen it? No, that's fair enough. Claire, now you've got homework. That's fair enough. Well, but again, with the whole jumping... And remember, so I live on my own, and a lot of these shows are too late for me because I go to bed at stupid o'clock because I get up at stupid o'clock. So there's probably cause for me, yes, I should be able to catch up during the day. But wasn't there in the first series some really scary scene on a bus? Yeah. Or somebody coming yeah. up from under a bed? Or... yeah. And again, stuff like that scares the living it's daylight. It's creepy, but I wouldn't me. say it was all out scary, that one. It's jumpy. It's a bit Not jumpy. that I recall. There's a, there's a couple of bits that are a bit unsettling, I must admit. Yeah, Someone going in the back of a taxi and stuff like that was, was a bit unsettling. Mm. But, I, I mean, and also it's Idris. Yeah. Like, what a, what a gent. Yeah, the only thing but, I would say is that I think the last series... It sort of felt like it was like running out of ideas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they did do that, and they're not. It's not like loads of episodes. I think the first no. series is only like three episodes. Yeah. It's a bit like. And Sherlock, they're making a movie. They've, they've done a movie now, haven't they? It's a movie. They filmed okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what intrigued. that um, is. It that one? We think we know how he did it. Oh, how? no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. It's Basil Brush. I said. Boom, boom. That was Luther. There you go. Yeah. But he's so watchable. And you, uh, to me, you feel safe when Luther's there. I don't know why. 
Yeah. A bit like how I feel with Vera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no matter what's happening, when, when Luther turns up, yeah, we're all right. No. Yeah. yeah. And he's okay. just he's just on the right side of the law, and he? he just, just, he just, yeah. He just quivers over the edge. Is that the right way of putting it? Yeah. So you do watch TV detectives, Pav. You watch yeah, Luther. I'm not saying I don't watch them. I just don't watch all of them, is what I'm no. saying. a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june olive in june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> okay, my number six is um, is the detective extraordinaire from Knives Out, Benoit Blanc. Oh, yeah, great, great movie! I, I watched the movie again about two or three weeks ago. It is such a well written movie. Mm. Yeah, and it is. it is one of the it's one of those movies that you tr- you try and sort of think I'm going to work out how this is done, and uh, there's just a c- clever little twists all the way in there, and it shows you that Ryan Johnson can write a good movie. You know, he is good at writing movies, Last Jedi. Um, that um, Benoit Blanc is uh, Daniel Craig. Um, what is it? Is it like a New Orleans accent that he has? I think, isn't it? Is it Supposedly, safe? yeah. Yeah. But he's fantastic. He's fantastic mm. in it, the way he works out how it's done, why it's been done, who did it. I think it's 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 a great movie. And of course, mm. the sequel's out soon. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It be fab. Supposed to be two or three, isn't there? I think in a Netflix um, Netflix bought yeah, deal that he's done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that's again. If you haven't watched Knives Out, go and get it. It's a breath of fresh yeah. air movie. And it's also got elements of like old school, the old school Agatha Christie yeah. style. It's really got his heart set in those. Well, that's what it reminded me of because it's got a star-studded mm. cast, mm. and they've yeah. all got little, their own secrets. 
<clears throat> and it's just it's just a very very clever movie. Really, really. I good. love Jamie Lee Curtis in it. I think she's brilliant. Oh my god! I just don't see Jamie Lee Curtis enough. True Lies again, one of my favourite films. Mm. And I just, where is Jamie Lee Curtis? I just need her in more things. I yeah. love well, her. I mean, it's not a movie that you're going to watch, but the trailer for as we're recording this, uh, Halloween, Halloween ends, uh, was uh, was released today. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's where she is. She's trying to. She's still Michael battling Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, okay, that was my number six. Claire, your number five, please. My number five. I need to make sure that I... Yeah, that's right. So my number five takes me back to my youth. Do, 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 do. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I've got such fond memories of watching the cartoon of Inspector Gadget. Uh, with what was his name, Doctor Claw? I'll get you next time, Gadget. <laughs> no, and that's how, and that's how it always used to work. Next time, mm. and obviously you had Penny and Brain, and and I've just got such fond memories. My brother, my sister, and I—we grew up watching that on TV, and it was one of my favourite cartoons. It made me laugh. And you know what? It's horrendously rubbish. But even the film, the old Boss's Chops, was it Matthew, Matthew Broderick? Broderick? Yeah, Broderick. Um, it entertained me but i just think the whole concept for children i just as a cartoon i thought was great and actually very very clever um and i was really i think and again i don't mean to bang like a feminist drum but i was i was really impressionable as a child i think it's why i love terry hatcher so much because of the importance of lois and clark as a superman double growing up with it watching them almost on par you know to see a young girl and a dog helping this man solve all of these mysteries or whatever and fight crime i just loved that mm. and it was really simple and easy and yeah i thought it was a great concept and we'll always love it um i can rap you five's song that they did for the film any day of the week Go, Mr. Gadget, go, that's the man. Spread it out to Don't Sound the Sue. It's the G-A-D with the G-E-T. Gadget on the... I could do a whole song. Really? I'm not going Fantastic. to. I could do. Um, so, yeah, I love Inspector Gadget. I don't know if it counts, but I hope it does. No, of course it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he, he is a detective. Without a doubt. It was Don Adams that did the voice for Gadget, who was in... Um, uh, a TV show that I can't remember what it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Get Smart. He was in the Get Smart. Ah, uh, right, him, yeah. Okay. In the 60s, yeah. Um, I, it's a definitely a, a cartoon that I remember watching. Mm. Um, was it originally a, a French cartoon or something, maybe? I think it was something no, along did. those lines, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, great cartoon. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen the film. That was the only thing I'd say. I don't think I've ever seen it. If you are really really poorly and it comes on the telly and you don't have the will the desire or the energy to change the channel it won't kill you oh, right. <laughs> wow that should be on the poster that's <laughs> yeah. Claire Carter. So this go. movie won't kill you claire Carter. <laughs> wonderful okay then you're, you're number five so this is old school clint eastwood harry callahan dirty harry himself um <clears throat> What can we say about it? I mean, he is probably one of the most, I'm going to use the I word, iconic detectives out there, especially in the movie world. I mean, we heard a soundbite from him in the uh, facts that I did. Are you? Have you seen any of the Dirty Harry movies, Claire? No. I'm like your worst guest, aren't I? <laughs> no, not at all. We're introducing you, hopefully, to yeah. new stuff. I'm a big fan of the first few movies. I do think they got 
poorer as they went on and the older they get. I'm not a fan really of the Deadpool, which is the last one speaking of Jim Carrey, he's in that. But the original one was based on the um what was what was he called? The uh, Zodiac Killer. So if you if you watch the movie Zodiac where they're trying to work out with Robert Downey Jr. and everybody where they're trying to work out who it was doing it, it references Dirty Harry that they were making a film of it, obviously a fictionalized version um of what was going on. But another detective that you feel safe with when he comes into the room. Um, so, you know, if there's a hold up or whatever was going on when he utters the, um, the robbery, when he does his own style of justice with his big magnum, you know, you're asking yourself, did I shoot? You, you're with him all the way. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Clint Eastwood. Really? Really? Why? I know that's probably a really, I don't know. I find it a bit awkward to watch. Do you? Okay. I don't and I don't I don't know what I think maybe it's something I need to see a lot more of his earlier stuff mm. and I need to maybe spend a, a bit more time on it. But which I just remember seeing him and just thinking just a bit awkward. I mean maybe was it, is this like is this old in Clint Eastwood you're talking about? Well no, I probably like I say I've seen more recent stuff like what is it, Million Dollar Baby or whatever. Yeah. And but I just yeah, I don't know. I so I think maybe things like Dirty Harry, I probably need to educate myself on. Yeah, it's not that I don't appreciate him or understand his greatness, but um, to actually choose to watch, I don't know. But then yeah. I think being uh, like my dad was a huge fan of the western, so I was brought up yeah. probably before I should have been watching them. You know, like Fistful of Dollars and all that. So he was a part and parcel of my childhood, and then being allowed when I was about twelve probably far too young to watch Dirty Harry was a, was a real honour and then it became hooked mm. I even went to the cinema to watch the Deadpool and then coming out feeling really depressed that it wasn't very good but you know the earlier stuff I think was brilliant but I will say when I watched Dirty Harry which not so long ago in the, literally the beginning of the year's lockdown I watched it again it hasn't aged well it no there's a different time for, that, yeah. for, for those kind of movies, wasn't it? And yeah. also Frank Sinatra was originally going to be Dirty Harry and trying to put him in the role of Clint Eastwood. Wow. Yeah, he was going to be the original Dirty Harry. Well, he was going to be the original John McClane from Die Hard. Yeah, he oh, was, so, I mean, yeah. He would have been a busy boy, wouldn't he? Yeah, you imagine him swinging out there, <laughs> tied up on a rope through a window. Singing, fly me to the moon. Yeah, I did it my way. <laughs> Okay, uh, my number five is another part, is the cool part of another duo from the 80s. It's Sonny Crockett from Miami Vice. Oh, we all like the clothes no. and the espadrille. We, we all dressed like that in the 80s. We all had pastel colours on, no socks, espadrilles, tried to grow facial hair, which I can do now, couldn't quite do back then, but you always thought it was you were trying to be cool. And he had a he had a cool crocodile called Elvis, I think was his was, alligator. Was it alligator? What's the difference? Well, the shape of their noses. See you later, alligator. In a while, <laughs> okay. crocodile. Whatever I do. You read that from a book, didn't you, Neil? A song. Oh, was that, okay. <laughs> but he's. I mean, again, a Testarossa. He drove a Testarossa. He did. I always wanted a Testarossa until I realised how much money they were and thought. They're going to look stupid driving around Simon Says doing a Testarossa. It's just not going to look good. Plus, like humps and bumps and that is just not going to be any good for a car that low. But and he plus was getting a job. He must have been paid a hell of a lot of money for what he had because he lived on a yacht, didn't he? He lived on a yacht. Had an he was alligator. Only a policeman. 
at a Testarossa. Sounds amazing. It does. Have you never seen Miami Vice? Have you never seen Miami Vice? See, I've, I've not seen it for years, so I don't know whether it holds up. I really it's very eighties, but it's good. Very eighties. Michael Mann, who, who did Heat and um, other films. But again, some great, great celebrity cameos. Phil yeah. Collins. Phil was, Collins was in one of the no. episodes. Yeah, yeah, he was a he acted in one of them, and Bruce Willis was in one of them. He was. Yeah, and the weird the weird thing is is like I've, I always wanted to be Sonny Crockett, and then his partner is called Tubbs. And I ended up more like him than I did Sonny Crockett. <laughs> but so, yeah, fantastic music. Jan Hammer did the the theme and then did Crockett's theme. Yeah, oh, beautiful. what a what a fantastic theme. And then he did, oh, I think it's called something like Tubbs and Valerie or something, like a love sort of tune. They're all instrumentals. Fantas- the Crockett's theme is a fantastic mm. piece of music. I love that. So that's my number five. Uh, Claire, your number four, please. My number four actually goes, <laughs> excuse me, actually okay. goes against everything that I've said up till now. Because whereas I say I won't watch Luther because I feel I'm going to be too scared, there was one show which hooked me straight in and it terrified the living daylights out of me. But I thought it was so well acted. So my number four yeah. is Stella Gibson played by the fabulous Gillian Anderson in the BBC show, The Fall. Oh, that was so good. Which yeah. was so good. And I think for me that, because I loved The X-Files and I rewatched The X-Files years after it was on. So you know how great Gillian Anderson is, but I sort mm. of feel like The Fall kind of put her back and for a lot of people for the first time brought her to, to the forefront of people's minds. And I think her and what's his chops, Jamie Dornan, um, Dornan. Dornan mm. they just stole it. And even though he was a terrifying character, you couldn't take your eyes off the show. And I think Gillian Anderson was absolutely superb through that mm. whole show. She was amazing. And yeah, just reaffirmed my love for her as an actress. And of course, you know, look at her now and everything that she's doing and winning. And um, so, yeah, it was a great show. And even though, it was terrifying and scared the life out of me. And I didn't want to walk to the car by myself the next morning for work. You then still went back the next week afterwards. And there was this horrible part of you that were like, oh, so are they going to get it on? And you're like, she's the police officer and he's like the murderer. Like this can't happen. But yeah, it was, it was incredible to watch. So have you ever, yeah. Have you, have you ever seen it, Pav? No. <laughs> oh, oh. oh no, that one you really should watch. Or somebody great. on a podcast I was listening to just today was talking about it and said how great it was. Yeah, mm, it really, really is. So it I'm taking really it that's is. not a spoiler to know that Jamie Dornan is the is the murderer. Not at all. Right. It's literally from the word go, I think you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. I maybe mean, yeah. I'll give it a go. I like and it. you it's really it proves how what a good actor he really is. Yeah. Not Agreed. just that 50 cent, man. 50 cent? 50 shades. <laughs> 50 shades. What a performance oh, yeah. that would be. Yeah, he's oh, such a good... Oh, yeah. I watched okay. that in the first lockdown. Everybody kept saying, you must watch it. Mm. And I did, and I binged it. I, oh. but again, kind of, it must have aged all right then, because, I mean, I was still living in Cheltenham when I watched mm. that, when it first came out on telly. So it's it's quite old now. Yeah, but um, so good. So again. Mm. Okay, all right, we'll give that one a try. Uh, Neil, you're number four, please. So another originally a literary uh, character who's made it onto Amazon, they, they're they the ones that seem to pick it up, is Reacher, Jack Reacher. Oh. Right, is he a detective? 
Well, he was an army. Um, well, he's a detective in his own oh. right, though, isn't he? Come on, I put in Gracie Lou Freebush for heaven's sake. But... <laughs> I mean, look, but every book he's solving a mystery and he works yeah. out and he works with the police. He's an ex military police, he's a loner, he travels with just a toothbrush, money, and his passport. Is he, that did Tom Cruise do that one? Yes, yes. and but the well, series is the other dude, yeah. dude. He, how he is in the books. In the books, he's six foot yeah. six, that's tall, what I hear, wide and uh, knows how to fight. It's basically, it becomes a bit of a boy's own. They've overwritten the books. I've stopped reading them now because, you know, listening to the author, Lee Childs, when he said he was going to kill him on the 10th book, but the money was too much, so he had to carry on. Um, I think it's one of these people that it needed to phase out. It's, they've all become a bit samey now as the books go on, but watch the TV series. I thought it was fantastic. It was very close to the book. Have you seen the TV series? The TV series is fantastic. Mm. It's, it's, it's on it's on my watch list on yeah, it's very yeah, very yeah. good because when I, I can remember when tom cruise was cast as reacher mm. the the furore online yeah yeah why is this, why is a guy who's five foot six playing a guy who's supposed to be six foot six and like a brick mm. outhouse yeah why is tom is tom, that, tom tom cruise is good but i don't think he was what reacher should he wasn't be. right no mm. he, he, he was I a get, presence I get confused with Jack Reacher and the one that John Krasinski or whatever is doing on Prime as well. Oh, that's, that's the Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, There's yeah. the two Jacks, yeah. that's right. Reacher Jack Reacher right, yeah. is the big dude yep. who just goes around on a bus, rocks up at Brilliant. a town, trouble usually finds him, and then he usually sorts it out. And but see, very good. that's a guy that as soon as he comes on the screen, on the TV version, that you feel safe as soon as he comes yeah. on the screen. Brilliant. Because you want him as a friend, not as an enemy. Mm. And and that is the thing. I mean, what's Alan Richson is his name. He is a beast. Yeah, he is an absolute beast, and he plays a beast in the in the TV show. And he's very close to what the books are. I mean, right. so the next book book is called Die Trying, which is um, um, to me is probably one of the better ones. And I, I've just read somewhere that they are doing that as the next series. Right. So basically, <laughs> it's a, I'm not going to spoil it, but no, no, no. He, at all but he is basically about a kidnap so he lets himself get kidnapped with this person and obviously to save Ooh. this woman so he just lets himself be kidnapped my only worry kidnapped. is that each series is going to be him going to a small little town there's a problem he solves it a bit like Kane from Kung Fu and then he goes oh, on yeah. to the next sorry Bones, Bones did it for 10 seasons well, that is true so yeah. that is true talk to and your like, wife about that yeah and like I said Die Trying isn't the one it's not um, it's really not about right. going to a small town it's a right. different premise like I said okay. he lets himself get kidnapped and the rest is the story that's only the opening pages so we're in for a treat if they do it as well as they did the first series we're in for a real treat okay that's fair but there's some more books to read. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait till the series comes out. It's, it's a lot better, <laughs> a lot better, a lot easier to to follow. Uh, my number four. He's got a great car. He's got a great pair of tight shorts. He's got a great moustache. Thomas Magnum. He's got a great PI. theme tune. PI, indeed. Yeah. Uh, private investigator. Yeah. PI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not, like not, I don't like the remake that they did. I didn't <laughs> didn't have any of the warmth or the the humour. Did they, they do a remake? Yeah, they did a remake that was on Sky. I think it got cancelled after two or three seasons. I think right. But, but um, see, I, I like Tom Selleck anyway. I think he's a great actor. I think he just has that 
that charisma, face and the charisma. Yeah. He's a bit, a bit like he was like, like the next version of Burt Reynolds, if you like. He was that mm. kind of guy show. that sort of had everything. You know, he was like six foot tall, looked good, had a great moustache, great head of hair, and then it was just it was one of the. I mean, it was that show that stopped him from being Indiana Jones. It he would was. have been Indiana Jones if it hadn't been for Magnum. He would sign up. No. Yeah, there's actually, if you go on YouTube, there's actually That's a footage, great fact. There's footage of him uh, having, I think it was with Sean Young, wasn't it? Doing a, yeah, it was. Doing yeah, a, Sean Young. Um, Tom Selleck is Indiana Jones. Yeah, he, he was. was all signed to do it. And he couldn't get out of his contract to do the next series of Magnum, so he wasn't allowed to do it. I need there to sit down and have a moment with that. Yeah, yeah. So that's who it would have been. And then Harrison Indy Ford, would have had a moustache. They just thought... <laughs> We'll ask Harrison if he fancies giving it a go, and the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. There you go. Oh, you learned something new tonight. That's blown Claire. my mind. That's just, one of those facts that if you do think about it, it could have just changed the course of the entire world. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Sliding doors. Everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It nice. does make you wonder if he sort of if he lies in bed twiddling his moustache. Going, I mean, he did all right in the end. I mean, yeah, I'm did. sure he's I mean, all right. He's been he? doing blue bloods for like 13 <laughs> yeah, years. 140 so, years. Yeah. So, you know, and he would never, probably would never have been in Friends. He would or never friends, would have been yeah. Monica's... Was he in Friends? Oh, Which friends, one yeah. was he then? Oh, come on, he's Richard. Yeah, he was Monica's, Monica's boyfriend. boyfriend. I didn't know he was in Friends. I've never yeah, seen Friends. Great. No, sorry. <laughs> this is like a confessions episode. It is, isn't it? Just... Yeah. People are watching this going, why are these three talking to each other? They've yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but people that know me know that Friends isn't really my sort yeah. of thing. No, he was, he was, yeah, he was uh, Monica's. You should read the uh, um, the books first. Yeah, I will. <laughs> They're written by Jane Austen, aren't they? Yeah, no, they are, yeah. Of all, really all 600 episodes, you should read <laughs> yeah. the books, Neil. I probably would read them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my oh, lord. Uh, so yeah, that's my number four. Go on, Claire. You like the, oh. oh, sorry, Pav. You like the detective that's got expensive taste because he didn't he have a Ferrari as well? He did. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're all about the flashy cars and the lived look, in aren't Malibu. You? Lived in no, Hawaii. Lived in, I think. Was it Hawaii? Was yeah, it? I think so. Hawaii. Yeah. And he had the um, posh house with a yeah, butler. Although I think he wasn't. Wasn't he like house sitting? Wasn't he like the security for? It was a long old house boss. then, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How many series did he go through? Well, no, like um, it was. What was the guy's name? Like his boss, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought that was more his butler, wasn't it? No, that wasn't his butler. Magnum. <laughs> Mag- no. Sorry, I'm joking. It was John Hillerman, <laughs> and it was Higgins. Higgins, that's right. Higgins. With, the, with the Dobermans. That's right. There we go. There we go. Okay. Gosh, taste. Indeed. Go on then, Claire, you're number three. My number three, the great, the classic, the all-timer, the cute Poirot. Okay. Um, Which version? Well, so this, I do you know what? This, I've had listeners phone in and complain about Kenneth Branagh. And they had, I mean, it made the papers when he took on the, the films which, by the way, I think fantastic. I thought Death on the Nile was really good. I thought Murder on the Orient Express was good. Um, so I, I've always been a fan of those kind of films, and I've loved it when you have, like, the Christmas specials. I don't know why I keep doing that. You have, like, the Christmas specials. and um, I mean, let's be honest, it's Agatha Christie. They are mm. great stories, and I think Poirot is a fantastic, mysterious character in his own right. And I, I personally do really like Kenneth as Poirot I don't have a problem David Suchet 
I mean, you know, the fact that you can have the films, the TV show, you can have so many reincarnations of this character. But, however, the stories need that because these stories will be told forever. Mm -hmm. So you actually, I think, whereas we've talked about certain shows that, that the remakes didn't work or the reboots didn't work or they've tried to remade it, you've got to keep finding Poirot because these stories will never die. They are that mm. good. The murder mystery is that good. And I think the character that Agatha Christie created, and you certainly with Death on the Nile, when you find out more about his backstory and his time in the army and what he did with Capitan, and, you know, all of that just creates, you know, the the kind of the air around him that he has. And again, he shows up, you want him to show up and you know, well, actually, you don't know everything's going to be fine because then there were none. But, um, but yeah, I, Poirot, it's it's timeless. You will never. You may get different generations that hate on a dude's moustache or the way he portrays it, but you're going to continue to have that debate because you can never not have Poirot. Mm-hmm. I wonder is is like Agatha Christie stuff a bit like Sherlock Holmes in the fact that anybody can remake it at any time. Are the rights just pretty much? Well, yeah, because I think they're that. How old are they? They're quite um, old. They've got to be they? really old because I think um, like Sherlock Holmes. We could make a Sherlock Holmes movie if we wanted to. Yeah, and of course, you know, there was the whole history around Agatha Christie, wasn't it? Because she disappeared, and mm. so I just, yeah, all that stuff. I I love, and I think, yeah, BBC. I think they do the Christmas specials really well, and I have. I think the recent films I've been a big fan of. Yeah, it's David I Suchet, have- wasn't it? David Suchet, yeah. And then Peter The Houston TV on. series, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of love for Suchet. A lot yeah. of love for Suchet. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Okay, then, Neil, you're number three. So he's probably another one of the most famous uh, detectives, Sherlock Holmes. Wait. So which so, version uh, are you having? Well, to be honest, any, because they're all pretty much the same, aren't they? I mean, they're all different Ooh. incarnations. I like Cumberbatch. I'm a Jeremy Brett fan. I met Jeremy Brett um, before he, obviously, before he passed away. Well, that's a good job. Um, yeah. Um, and what a lovely guy. And I listened to him do a eulogy at a funeral and uh, it was beautiful. Um, but I, I think Jeremy Brett was the closest to the the literary version. But he, he's a, Sherlock Holmes is very much like Poirot, where when you yeah. watch or read them, you've got this feeling that they already know who it is and what's going on Mm. and you're, you know, and they're piecing it together for you. (laughs) I don't know whether you find that, but it's just clever, clever stuff. And I do like Cumberbatch's um, Holmes. I didn't like the last series much. I honestly really didn't mind Downey Jr. I know there was a whole hoo-ha. Yeah, that was good actually. But I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. Mm. And again, enjoyed those films. But I've been a fan since the Basil Rathbone days when I used to watch them as a kid. They used to be on, didn't they? Saturday mornings, you'd be able to watch the old black and white Basil Rathbone, Hound of the Baskervilles and all that, which I always thought was going to be more scarier than it actually is because yeah. you're thinking this big wolf running yeah. around the, the moors. But yeah, I love I love the stories. And again, have you ever read any of the books, Claire? Never read the books. Mm. I think worth reading. It's awful because I'm in that respect. I'm a bit like Pav because I'm like, if I know the films there or the TV shows there, I'm just gonna watch it. I was gonna say, why didn't you say Claire and Pav? Why haven't you read the books? Why because we've already established you don't read. I was gonna say we know you haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I but they I'm are hurt. good. I'm hurt they by that. Okay. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that then. Okay, my number three is uh, David Addison. Have you heard that name before? I have. 
Yes, it's from uh, an 80s TV show called Moonlighting. It was Bruce Willis, Sybil Shepherd. Uh, Moonlighting. Moon, have you never heard of Moonlighting? Claire, this will well, be right no, up I your don't. street. Basically, it I was, think Pab's gone for all of the ones that date when I was born. I know, I know. It was oh. it was the thing to watch on a Thursday night on BBC Two, I think it was. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. And it was the, it was the breakout thing that made Bruce Willis a star. And oh, he, I've never seen it. He is smooth talking, quick witted. I wanted to be Bruce Willis in the eighties when I was when I was like whatever when I was twenty or whatever. That's no, that makes me. Hang on, <laughs> 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 hang on. Moonlighting. What year was Moonlighting? Nine, but mid eighties, wouldn't it? Mid yeah, to late eighties. This was well. No, so this was. Oh no, that was the final episode. Eighty five. Yeah. 85. Okay, so I was 16. So I was getting, I was very impressionable. I was 16 at the time. I wanted to be David Addison. I wanted to be Bruce Willis. Because at the time he I was good like, in a dinner jacket, didn't he? He was fantastic. And it got to like, I think, series two or series three. And he cut his hair, so he had his hair spiky. I wanted my hair like that. Because I've said, I think I've said before, he was going bold the, the cool way. So he was going bold here, but had it all spiky at the top. And it was... He was, he was just so cool, and he used to do this little sort of smirk, like with his with his mouth. Mm. Like you, can't, you have to look on the YouTube for that. And I used to do that. I used to try and be like him, and I do this little thing with my mouth, trying to be like Bruce Willis. He was so cool. The show was the show was that thing of will they, won't they? The mm. the chemistry between Maddie. Oh, I love a will they, won't they? The Maddie Hayes and. Uh, David Addison, they started having, like most series do now, they had a musical episode. They had an episode where they retold The Taming of the Shrew. It was just, it was crazy. Mr. Pesto was like the the secretary that was, it was just a fantastic show. I don't know whether it's, you can still see it anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can. I was going to say, have you, have, you, have you seen it recently? I haven't seen it recently. No. I, would, I, I saw some clips because I was looking for some, the looking for some a clip that I could play and it still looked like it was loads of fun it looks very mm. 80s but I would again I would recommend it if you're a Bruce Willis fan or if you're just a fan of that will they won't they this comedy yeah. detective it's a fantastic show and Sybil Shepherd's great isn't it she was fantastic well. she's fantastic yeah yeah and I won't tell you whether they will or won't they but uh, yeah it was the must-watch TV of it its was. day. It was. Uh, a great theme tune by Al Jarreau as well. Okay, Claire, you're number two, please. This is really difficult. My one and two, I just didn't know which way around to put them. And in the end, you'll know why I put my number one where I have. So at number two, I've gone with Jonathan Creek. Ooh, Okay. Mm. So again, probably a bit similar to one of Neil's earlier on. Okay, not perhaps technically a detective, but was there and solved the murders. And Jonathan Creek, I just think it's one of the best series the BBC ever had. And for me, it was Saturday night telly, mum and my sister growing up. I thought Alan Davis was spot on. I think he was perfect. And although they tried to sort of bring it back and they did another few, and Alan Davis and Carolyn Quinton were a great duo and they worked well they bounced off each other really well Caroline Quinton actually she lives near me and I know that she goes yeah I so we actually go to the same wine shop which my friend owns and if you my friend tell her I love her please 
I love I, I won't be able to get words out. Um, ah. And I keep saying to my friend who owns this wine shop that she goes into, I'm like, you've got to call me. You just said, I purposely don't tell you when she's here because I don't really run it down. So I think if I met her, I'd go absolutely ballistic. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Creek, it was, it, for me, it was, it was the added joy of magic that was thrown into that show. I think to add him being a magician into solving murders mm. is was a was a genius stroke. I think there was comedy in there because of what Carolyn provided. Um, and it was great Saturday night at the telly. And actually some of them, you know, they got, I don't want to say scary, but, you know, they could get quite dark. And I love it. There's a huge element of nostalgia in there. And I think actually I'll probably still enjoy them today, even though they probably are a bit dated now. Yeah. yeah. They're still available to watch, thinking. aren't they? They yeah, are they still are available and, to watch. And that that black screen before it started, do, 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 or mm. however it went, that violin that started that at the Harry beginning Potter of the then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> How did it go? Oh, do, 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 oh, that's do, it. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do. Did but somebody take started, over from Carolyn Quinton though? In it, yeah, and I've forgotten her. I have a feeling it was what? Celia Sawalawala. Celia Sawalawala. Oh, don't tell me this. Am I right? Um, it wasn't, what's her chops as well? The one that's in everything. Oh, yeah, it was. So Emma Kennedy was in it at one stage. Sheridan Smith never did it, did she? Uh, I remember. I'm not sure. Yeah, yes. She, yes, she did. She absolutely did. Of course yes, she, she did. did. Which I mean that you know that won't, that wasn't my favourite. Carolyn and and Johnny um, and uh, Alan Davis, great mm. pairing, love them. Oh yeah, Caroline Quinton's my uh, my my crush. If I do ever bump into her on the Great Western Canal near me, I will I'll record a little message to you. Oh my God, I don't know what I would do. If I think. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, don't know what I would do. Oh my lordy lordy, it's too hot as it is. <laughs> okay, Neil, number two, please. So it's good old Leslie Nelson as Frank Drebin. That's my Yay! number two. Is it really? It is. <laughs> Probably Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Police Squad TV series. Have you seen those, Claire? The TV amazing. series. Absolutely Just so amazing. funny. I actually think I prefer the TV series to the movies. Oh, I don't I know, 33 and a third. I do love. <laughs> is that the one with Anna Nicole Smith in, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I... Yes. Um, yes. the, yeah, but just everything he show. plays that so well, doesn't he, Leslie Nelson? He's, he's just he fantastic. Is. I don't, and I don't care. Even if he made some of the, the crappier movies that he made, he is the best thing in them. He's just an absolute genius. He never he started was, off as a comedian either, did he? That's the, the no. He was a very serious Shakespearean very actor, serious, wasn't he? But he, I, I love that man. I really do. He kept That's the straightest face. Yeah, um, but what a character! And what some movies and TV series. Like I said, if people have never seen the Police Squad TV series, you must watch them, especially for just the end credits. Always make me laugh so much. <laughs> well, it was the start as well, wasn't it? It said with special guest Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like a, a the car door would open, and then a dead body would roll yeah, up, and that's it'd be it. Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> and that'd be it. And then the car would speed off, and then it'd carry on with the with the show. So good, it, yeah, so good, so funny, and the man that could keep the straightest face in oh. anything. 
just absolute legend. I've been re-watching some of the interviews with Leslie Nielsen that he did. He's so funny in those. With his little well. fart machine in his hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he started to, if there's one that he did with Wogan, and Wogan's getting pretty irritated by it in the end, which makes it even funnier. Exactly. Because so. he doesn't care, does he? No. What a man. What a man. Yeah. I had to, he was very close to being my number one. Um, Am I? But no, I, I, I had him as my number two instead. So, uh, yeah. Completely agree with you there, Neil. Okay, um, before we really re- reveal our number ones, uh, Claire, do you want to give us your rundown from 10 to number two, please? I can, if I can remember them all. Because I'm so, I, am I allowed to say that whilst we've been doing this, I've changed my order as we've gone? You haven't. So, uh, yeah, I have, because I was <laughs> like, I don't. So, number 10 from Bones, Seely Booth. Number nine, Horatio Kane, CSI Miami. Eight, was that Gracie Hart? That was. From Miss Congeniality. Yep. Then at six, Ace Ventura. Sorry, seven, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yep. (laughs) At six, I went with Vera. You did. And then at five, I went with Inspector Gadget. Yes, you did. You're doing it. This is a quiz. (laughs) 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 This is memory recall for you. God, it is, isn't it? At At four, four, I went with the great Gillian Anderson. Stella Gibson. Yeah. Then at number three, a cute Poirot. At number two, Jonathan Creed. Wonderful. Neil, you're 10 to 2. So at 10, I had Somerset from Seven, Morgan Freeman's character. At number nine, Charlie Parker from the John Connolly books. Number eight, uh, Harry Bosch um, from the TV series and books. Number seven, Inspector Clouseau. Number six, Luther. Number five, Callahan, Harry Callahan from Dirty Harry. Number four, Jack Reacher. Number three, Sherlock Holmes. Number two, Frank Drebin. Wonderful. And mine is number 10, Eddie Shoestring. Nine, David Starsky. Eight, Martin Riggs. Seven, D.I. Sleet from Murder in Successville. Six, Benoit Blanc from, um, oh Christ, what was it called? Nice Nice (laughs) Five, Sonny Crockett from Miami Vice. Four, Thomas Magnum, P.I., Three, David Addison from Moonlighting, and number two, Lieutenant Frank Drebin. So, Claire, my God, they all say so much about us, don't they? they? Do, don't they? <laughs> don't they? Indeed. So, Claire, then, what's your number one fictional detective? My number one fictional detective is Agatha Raisin. Oh, now for people going, what? Um, Agatha Raisin is a detective. Uh, made famous from the books, you will be pleased to hear, Neil, uh, written by one M.C. Beaton. I don't know if that rings any bells to anybody. So M.C. Beaton was a crime writer who lived in Gloucestershire. And she actually started her career when she was younger, working for newspapers off Fleet Street. Um, She was Scottish originally, but moved to London, wanted to get into the world of journalism, So started writing for papers and ended up basically investigating or or writing murder stories that were happening in London um, decades ago. And I interviewed MC Beaton a couple of times at Radio Gloucestershire. She came into the studio. She was the most amazing woman. And she would talk about how she would write up these murders for the papers, you know, the next day. And she thinks some of these actually, you know, bodies being pulled out of the River Thames. And, And she thought to herself, these would make really good stories. And so she started writing a few of them down and became MC Beaton, uh, the fictional writer. So she later on moved with her husband to Tetbury, where she spent the the rest of her life. She died 
it was well, it was a few years ago i think it was within sort of the last maybe five six years but one of her most famous characters is agatha raisin which has been adapted onto tv um i think you can find i think it's still being shown on sky um played by the fabulous ashley jensen um who i love and the thing which then took me by surprise, I think Ashley Jensen, wasn't she recently in um, Afterlife? She was. She plays the nurse was. with Extras Ricky was the, was the first thing. Um, and Extras as yeah. well. Um, so Agatha Raisin, again, you'd probably say it's one of your warm, bit like Midsummer Murder type TV shows now, but, you know, the, the books have, have gained huge uh, following. Um, but I received an email uh, a while ago from somebody who said that they were on holiday and they were reading the MC Beaton book, uh, Pushing Up Daisies. And in the book, there is a passage where Agatha Raisin has to be interviewed by the local press because she wants to get more information out there to try and find the, you know, the killer, et cetera, et cetera. And she's interviewed by Claire Carter of Radio Gloucestershire. And it tells us that Claire was a deft and experienced interviewer. And it was after one of my interviews with MC Beaton that before she left the studio, she said, I'm just going to, I'll write you into one of my books. And I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and turns out before she died, she did. So if anybody would like to read Pushing Up Daisies, there will be a Claire Carter from Radio Gloucestershire. And that is me. So I actually wow. feature in a detective book. That is awesome. Wow. That is awesome. Do you get like a penny for every time they sell a book? No, PR didn't even send me a copy. <laughs> oh my God. Are you okay I, don't, I honestly don't mind. So what if, they, well, no, I mean, what if they make that as part of the series then? Will they get you to come in? And... Then I'm available. Give me a call. Give me a call. I but I mean, that. you know, it's the, it's, you know, it's, it's not a huge, a huge part of the plot at all. She needs to go in and be interviewed, and that interviewer is, is Claire Carter. But it was just, I thought it was actually a really classy move by MC. Yeah. Um, and as an interviewer, as you guys will know, sometimes when I say you don't get a lot of praise, people obviously are focusing on the star or the person that you're speaking to, which rightly so. But every now and again, you know, somebody might come along and, and they'll be interviewed by you guys. And you probably had it where they say, oh my God, I really enjoyed that. Mm. And that is that that is the highest form of praise. If your interviewee can walk away and say, I really enjoyed it. And I think the fact that she took the time to write my name down and remember it and, and put it in, I, I just, I thought that was that's really fascinating. very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's that's there why, for all time, yeah. isn't it? Oh, and especially wow. if you get that sort of compliment from somebody that is sort of really well known and you know that they've done loads of interviews. Yeah. If they come back and, and I, say... Yeah, uh, and know. as I say, from from my days in Gloucestershire and, and presenting here in Somerset and stuff, I would probably say once every maybe three years, I get an email from from a listener going, "I was on holiday and I read this book and your name popped up." And it always, <laughs> that is so it, cool, yeah, though. It always makes me smile. Oh, that's what a great number one. Go on, then, Neil. That beat is that. Fantastic. Okay, I won't beat that because <laughs> I've never appeared in any of his comics. Batman is simple as ah, it's a childhood, um, the world's greatest yeah. detective. So they say, but it stems from being a childhood, reading the comics, still guiltily reading comic, well, the graphic novels now, loving the movies, loving everything that he does. My favourite superhero, although he's not really a superhero, is he? It's just he's a man rich. with money. Yeah. <clears throat> but I just, I love everything it stands for. And um, not not loved all the movies, I'll be honest, but... Yeah, I do love the character. There's not a lot more I can say. Everybody knows who Batman is and what he does. I mean, what's would you say that it's the one thing 
the detective side of things are the one thing that the movies have sort of coming away from, which is starting to yeah. drag yeah. it Whereas down a bit. The new one, The Batman, seemed to have a little bit more where it was showing his detective. Yeah. Is that Ben still... Affleck? No, that was um, no, um, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Sorry, yeah, yeah. that's a, what's he? Because I've not seen Robert Pattinson as Batman. Is I, he good? Really good. I I thought he was really really good. It's a very <laughs> slow movie, but it's um, he's really good as as it you know, and it's and there's a lot of detective work going on, which is good compared to the yeah. other ones, which are a lot more making him like a super a superhero kind of thing. And the newer graphic novels or comics or whatever you want to call them, they they're going back to that again, where he's having to work mm. it out. And you know, totally use his resources to try and suss what's going on, rather than just brawn. Yeah, that the movies turned him into. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very good. Uh, my number one. Uh, you actually mentioned him earlier on, Neil. I wasn't going to give it away. It's Inspector Cluzo. I think he has <laughs> okay. the number one. Um, we haven't done like number one comedy characters. I think he might be up there as my number one comedy character as well. Mm. Um. Again, I think the, the last movie where they they pieced together a lot of his stuff because I think he died a piece he of did, his yeah. Um But the, the the movie with Christopher Plummer is I can't remember which one that is. Right? Is that Strikes Back? Isn't it? Is that Strikes Back? Could be. Oh. I mean, there's just I mean, it doesn't matter which one. There's some great great moments and all of the funny moments are Peter Sellers. It's like <clears throat> just he is a complete mm. perfect comedy character. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Is it classed as un like un PC now to have an Englishman playing a Frenchman that's like saying words in a you know, not the correct yeah, way? I don't know sense. whether you would. It, it, I don't know whether it would travel well in the twenty twenties. I really don't know. Well, they still you, do the L O L O plays on stage. Well, I know they do, but I, um, but how many teenagers or twenty somethings are watching that? I don't know. Same as like, like if I showed that to my kids, would they laugh or would they sort of go, well, that's just a bit weird. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Whereas for me, you've only got to see the scene of the, of all like four of them in the lift. And then there's the, the fart noise or whatever. Or the one bit that always <laughs> makes me laugh is, is I think he's, he's, he's sat in a discotheque. A discotheque. Oh my God. Discotheque. Groovy <laughs> dad. Discotheque. <laughs> I don't think it's the French accent that's going to bother your kids. No, I don't think it is. So they're, oh. they're, they're bopping away at the discotheque and there's a woman there dancing with like <laughs> thrusting her fists out and he walks past and it smacks him straight in the face. Little things like that. It just always makes me laugh. But I it's think just that's physical humour, isn't it? It's, I love Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. I love yeah. Laurel and Hardy and that's exactly where it is. It's those kind that's of... That's why Leslie Nielsen works so well as well. Exactly. Physical yeah. humour. Exactly. I completely agree. So there we go. We've got a few uh, honourable mentions. Let me just whiz through these. Uh, Liz Art said Inspector Morse. Jen Berg, hello Jen, said Laura Holt from Remington Steel. I I never watched watched Remington Steel. Uh, Mm. Stu Grant, Clouseau, Batman, Charlie Farley from Phantom Raspberry Blower of Old. Oh my God. (laughs) Somerset from Seven, Jessica Fletcher, of Mm. course. Eddie Valiant from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Frank Drebin, JJ Gitz. <laughs> Gitz. Is it Gitties? Is it Gitz from Chinatown? JJ No, I do. Gitz. I think it's Gitties. Is it Gitties? <laughs> well, the Gitz sounds funniest. Yeah. yeah, it does. What's your name? Gitz. Smack. That's why he's got a bad nose. John McClane, Sherlock, the Cumberbatch version. At Cinders underscore 2001. Where do oh. I start? 
Read the, the, read the rhyme. This yes, is great. Right. I like Columbo for his dog, Sherlock for his hat, Starsky for his cardi, and Scooby for his snacks. <laughs> but if I had to really pick one, then top billing for me is Joan Hickson's Miss Marple No Contest. I did actually oh, give Ms. her a round Marple of applause. Uh, that is a her, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I can't remember. Cinders, yeah. Yes, yeah. um, I did give her a round of applause for that uh, wonderful bit of... I mean, if, if I had a beat, I could rap that one. That was so good. Uh, at and why not, Adrian Monk from Monk, Jessica Fletcher, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I., mm. uh, Sean, uh, Sean Spencer from Psych, Jenny Briscoe from Law & Order, Batman the Comic Version, Dick Tracy, Richard Castle from Castle, Somerset from oh, Seven, yeah. Eddie Ginley from Gumshoe, to name but a few. Oh, and there's another rhyme. Oh, and Gay Perry from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Daryl Zero from Zero Effect. <laughs> I've never heard of Zero Effect. Anybody no. else? No? Okay. Karen Clark, Jimmy Perez from Shetland, played by Dougie Henshaw. Anyone heard of Shetland? I have. It's a BBC oh. drama. Yeah. Okay. No, I've never heard of that one. At Steve Chatley one, Charlie Chisholm from Minder. Oh, yes. oh Minder, yeah. Inspector Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I said but, it. But, you know, that. his name became a bit of an insult when we were at school. Anybody that had a um, large forehead, we used to <laughs> slap it and go, <laughs> Chisholm! <laughs> I you don't know why you can't say things like that these days, Neil. No, that's what I said. When we were at school, it became an insult. In the day. So if they were receding a little bit or they had a big forehead, we used to slap <laughs> Stop it. Stop saying big forehead. <laughs> why can't you say big forehead? Because you can't, Neil. It's 2022, for goodness sake. You can't say anything. You can't say you definitely can't say big forehead. <laughs> what? Can say big forehead. Of course you can. People okay. have big foreheads. People have. Some, I've got a massive forehead. It goes all the way back to the back of my head. I mean, Ant and Deck. Ant's always Ant and Deck. Mickey, uh, I would love it if we get on a red carpet and you're face to face with Ant or you Deck, whatever. And you went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do now. And then oh. I'll tap Deck on the head like Benny Oblow. <laughs> Right, Claire, if you ever get to meet Ant, is it Ant or yep. Deck? Which one are you talking Ant's about? Ant, isn't it? Ant's got the, yeah. Okay. I'll do a chism for you. <laughs> do yeah. a chism for us. Uh, and finally, Lisa Buchanan says, right, no, it's MMA, Ma Precious Ramotswe, from the number one ladies' detective agency. Oh. A book series well, by book. Alexander oh, McCall one. Smith. Didn't they make it? They made a TV yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, briefly, it was a series on HBO, but couldn't possibly do the books, uh, do justice to the books. Oh, it and was, Charlie's um, Angels. It was on the BBC. That's why I thought it was on the BBC. The number one detectives agency. It was absolutely on the BBC. Oh, right. Okay. And um, yeah, it was. Oh, right. Oh, I can't remember her name. But, it's, but the name has is MMA to start with. I don't know whether that's. Isn't that a type of martial art? It is, but it's, I don't know how you say that. It was Ma Precious Ramotswe. But there you go. Thank you, Lisa, for that. That's it. That's it. We did it. We did it, Claire. We did it. Jill Scott. I think that was her name. Sorry, that was really going to annoy me. Sorry. Jill I thought that really annoys me. We did it. Yes, we did it. Jill Scott. Jill Scott. I, I realised that I should have put my honourable mention in and not add mine some male-centric. I had Jane Tennyson from Prime Suspect. Oh, don't start trying to be so... Like, no, no, you know, because I, she was in now, Neil. Did you ever my watch own. Prime Suspect, Claire? Helen Mirren? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, oh. No, I don't think uh, I have. 
my honourable mention was my friend messaging me going, you've got to mention Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock in Heat. (laughs) I can't even remember what their characters were called. I was like, that is seriously your honourable mention. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll mention Charlie's Angels then. If we're going to put, I'll, I'll put yeah, some women yeah. in. I'll have, I'll have three of them. I'll have Charlie's yeah. Angels. Well done, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I feel like I've done my bit. I've done go my and read thing. a book. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, well, thank you very much, Claire. Uh, thank it's you. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Oh, before we actually say our proper goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch? And all absolutely, that? you can find us on all the social medias and the top. 10 pods that's at top 10 pods do you give us a click give us a like give us a follow whatever it is you do email us at top 10 pods at hotmail.com where you can send in ideas for lists or any other questions you may have come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where there's all sorts of rewards you can get even being a guest on the podcast yourself check out all the links via the link tree you can find the link in the show notes and please do come subscribe leave a review rating wherever you get your podcast from well done beautifully done uh claire thank you so much i'm I'm assuming now that you have to go off to bedfordshire to get ready for your work in the morning so normally i mean i would have been in bed about 45 minutes ago oh so um so my alarm goes off at 3 45 oh my lord yeah well sleep well Um, claire well now i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna watch the rest of the footy ladies in the women's euros oh yeah um, but this has been an absolute joy and delight. Honestly, I think you guys are great, and I love this podcast. It's great to do it when Bless I can. So you. Well, thank we'll, you so, oh, so, come so much. Please come back again. Please come back again. We'll have you back. And um, if you're not doing anything, like at the end of January, come and join me for another hour again for the 24-hour podcast because we'll have okay. another. We'll get you, Nibsy, and Faye together That'd again. Be lush. For another and I party. still want to drink a bottle of wine and live tweet the very first time I watch Star Wars. Because I've still never that. seen it. I would, I would live tweet with you. We could sit and okay. watch we'll it, do it together. together. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. And then, because I know, because you'll, you'll be asking questions. I know you'll be asking <laughs> questions, and I can answer the questions for you to my Brilliant. best of my ability. My go-to. We'll do that. Excellent. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks. Thank you very much, Pat. Thank you very much, Claire. It's been yes. A joy Thank to see you, Neil. You Thank Thanks, you, Claire. Pat. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody else. Now let's go start the countdown. Ten. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 